welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, November 17th, 2021, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Today, we are so delighted to be joined by Hannah Pearson, and Hannah helps us uh, with our financial services, with our Hope Adoption Scholarship, and helping families not just be able to adopt, but be able to jump over the financial hurdles that might be a barrier for them to adopt. So we thought, especially in this month, National Adoption Month, November, as well as a month where we have scholarships available for those who are applying to adopt, we thought this would be a great opportunity for us to talk a little bit more about financing your adoption. And even though in the month of November, Lifeline is giving these scholarships for families to start, I know many families will say, well, that's a great way to start, but how do I finish this process strong? And so we want to talk a lot about how you can truly make adoption a reality and jump over those hurdles of finances. And Hannah's going to give some great information to do that. Before we hear from Hannah, I want to uh, remind you about Vessels of Hope. Uh, Lifeline Children's Services is a ministry to orphan and vulnerable children, and that's possible only because of the body of Christ that we walk hand in hand with. We have people that give of their time, their knowledge, and their resources continually. And Vessels of Hope is our faithful community of monthly donors, folks that are giving at any level on a month-to-month basis. And certainly as a nonprofit, it is so helpful when we have that continual support that we can trust in and monthly donors. So if you want to become a part of Vessels of Hope, you can see our show notes to find out more of becoming a part of this impactful group. And as a part of Vessels of Hope, not only do you get inside information, but you also get a free t-shirt in the process. So go to lifelinechild.org and search for Vessels of Hope, or you can always go to our show notes to learn more. Well, Hannah, so grateful that you have joined us today and uh, love your energy and your passion for what you do, but especially how you just engage with families and help them through the process. And I know through all the different roles that you've had at Lifeline, one of the, the roles that you had was actually intake of, of talking to folks as they were exploring adoption. And I know a lot of times in that, number, one of the number one hesitations or fears of families was finances. Uh, talk a little bit about why that is such a fear and, and maybe where that fear is coming from. Sure, absolutely. And being able to connect with inquiry families as they're really praying through and considering what the Lord might be leading them to is such an encouragement to us, just the obedience that they have and just really surrendering to what the Lord might have in store. So many times they were willing to step into a process and answer that call. But like you mentioned, there were some hesitations or maybe even fear surrounding, okay, how are we going to come up with that number um, at the end of the day? And so I think that's something that as folks are looking to steward their resources well, um, not overspend and not feel overburdened, really wanting to partner with them and encourage them that Lifeline acknowledges the cost of adoption can be expensive, but our heart is really for that to never be a barrier or a hurdle that folks feel like they have to overcome in order to be united with their children and, and really become a family. We never want it to stand in the way of a child receiving a family. And so there are so many different ways that we can come alongside families and assist them in that. Even just the payment structure that Lifeline has, instead of having a lump sum or overwhelming burden due all at one time, we really want to walk alongside you, minister you, and disciple you 
so that you're able to be cared for throughout the process. And one of the ways that we do that is the payment structure. So even as folks are looking through and running the numbers, trying to get those budgets in check, I really want to encourage them that it's something that is not due all at once, but instead, as you're working through your process, you're making those major milestones, you're able to make a payment towards that progress and really feel like you're able to break it up into more bite-sized elements. Yeah, and I know, Hannah, that you worked tirelessly with uh, our, our international vice president at the time, Josh Caldwell, on an ebook that actually would walk people through the process of helping them, you know, fund their adoption and, and, and do these things. And a lot of the information that you have, we have in that ebook. But one of the things that we talk about in that ebook is that there are a lot of different resources, including granting organizations that Lifeline's able to partner with. Can you, can you give us some of those granting organizations that people can partner with? Sure. It is absolutely incredible to me, all the different resources available to adoptive families. So not just Lifeline wanting to support you, but these other external entities, they're wanting to support you as well through a grant. Maybe it looks like an adoption loan, a scholarship. Um, we have the honor of really working closely with these different organizations, developing these partnerships and allowing them to better serve the families that Lifeline gets to support. Um, so some families may feel really comfortable with fundraising. That's something that they um, are excited to do and can jump right in. And others might feel like maybe that's an uncomfortable element or one that they don't feel ready to engage in just yet. Those same organizations that offer support through a grant, an adoption loan, or a scholarship can also help you strategize and really get some practical tips on ways to engage your community, your Sunday school class, your network of support, whatever that looks like. And 80% of the families Lifeline serves through international adoption receive financial assistance in some form. And so time and time again, these groups are coming to us saying, hey, we want to support. Who can we connect with? And what are ways that we can help alleviate that burden to them? And so their energy in wanting to be able to support families is something that we're always so encouraged and refreshed by. Yeah, and I, I know that as one of the things that I get to do is to talk through so many of these groups. And, you know, one of the blessings right now is a lot of these granting agencies and organizations uh, do have, because of the COVID pandemic, slowing adoption down and other reasons, they have the funds and they're looking for the families to be able to partner with. And so it's, it's not a, a lack of funding. It is a lack of families applying for that funding and needing that funding. And so, Hannah, when, when should people apply for these grants? Sure. And, and like you said, it's not a lack of funding. I think when we say 80% receive assistance, it's not that the other 20% weren't interested. I think they just didn't know the best way to get connected and what would best serve their family. So that's something I'm really passionate about and helping them find that right fit. We encourage families to apply to those groups such as Lifesong for Orphans, Show Hope, ABBA Fund, Fund the Nations, Both Hands. Those are some of our partner organizations that we have the honor of supporting. Um, and they have just been incredible to our families. Most do require a completed home study. So once families have kind of crossed that threshold of having a home study complete, they then become eligible for more funding opportunities. The funding opportunities look a little different depending on the partnership and the organization that you're applying to. Um, the kind of four major focuses that we see are grants. Those are things that 
really the organization is providing you with financial assistance, whether that's a direct grant. So they're writing you a check to ease that burden or they're providing what's called a matching grant. So you might be approved for a matching grant of about $5,000. They wanna see that you're invested in also partaking in the experience of raising funds. So they'll ask you to raise 5,000 and then they'll match that and give you an additional 5,000. So at the end of that grant process, you'll receive $10,000 towards your um, adoption. Um, we also see groups do no interest adoption loans. So that's something that ABBA Fund specifically does a great job of serving families through. Um, and I just love that program because it's a little bit later on in your process as you're trying to finish well, you're receiving that adoption loan. Once you're then ultimately home with your child, you're making those payments back, um, as I mentioned, at a no interest rate but you're actually paying it forward to another family that's a couple steps behind you in the adoption process. So you're actually getting to contribute to another family's process. And I think that's just an incredible blessing to really being able to continue that support. Um, and then we also see kind of as that fourth level would be something like fundraising. So I mentioned that's, that's something that some people may feel like it's hard to ask for money or that could be an uncomfortable conversation, but we are just blown away to see that people want to support your adoption process. They may not know how, and so that's something that really inviting them into that by saying, hey, we're having this fundraiser, or hey, we are working with Lifesong for Orphans with their My Story platform to raise money. Um, that's something that we love being able to help them really feel more comfortable entering into those conversations because we know that the call is clear to care for orphans and vulnerable children. And a lot of times, like I said, people just don't know how. And so you're actually helping your community fulfill that biblical mandate when you invite them into your process through financial assistance. And that's something that I think we see both hands um, do really well. Um, that's another partnership organization. We work closely with J.T. Olson, and his fundraising structure looks a little bit different, um, but our families have always been blessed by being able to engage with them. And the way that you do it, especially this is a great route if you feel uncomfortable asking for money for your own benefit, you're actually going to be working on a project um, for a widow's house. And so they really take in James 127, both sides of it, of serving the widow and the orphan. And so adoptive families that are going through the process will care for a local widow in their community by either helping do yard work, paint the house, kind of some home improvement, small scale projects, and really have a service state where they're able to care for and pour into that woman. Um, the fundraising element comes in a letter writing campaign as you're sharing with your friends and family that you have the chance to step into this widow's life and care for her. You're asking for financial assistance towards that. And so I think that can oftentimes be a really great fit for folks that want to take the spotlight off of themselves, but really kind of point into ways for, for folks to step into that community need and really meet that need in a way that serves not just the family, but also the community as a whole. And so those are just kind of some of the things that we see folks really enter into if, if fundraising is something that they feel called to and an easy way to share the story of your family pursuing a child and get to share your heart between why you might be entering into that process. Um, fundraising is something we typically encourage folks to do on the front end of their process, since you do have to be home study approved for some of your grants and things like that. Um, early on, as you're making those payments, we often encourage folks to look at fundraising. And it's also helpful to kind of capture that early enthusiasm as you're sharing the news with friends and families that you're entering the process, that's when they really feel called to action. And so we want to really help give those follow-up steps as well. Yeah. And I, I just, I think going back on some of the things that you have said that just would really encourage folks, especially uh, as we have two more 
weeks in the month of November. And Lifeline, like we said, currently is giving scholarships to all those who apply in November, National Adoption Month, to help you get started with your process. And so those those scholarships are actually coming at the very beginning. Every family who applies is guaranteed a $500 scholarship, but there are more scholarships that can be granted uh, based on need. And that's because we've had generous people who have wanted to give to families processes, who've made available these scholarship funds. And the great thing, even as Hannah has said, on many of these grants, on many of these other options, you have to be home study ready. And we're hoping that the, the Hope Adoption Scholarship can get families and segment them to get through their home study process in order that they can start applying for these grants. And so this is a great time to apply and to be ready uh, to get that home study for some of these other things that are happening. The other thing that I just want to make sure that people also understand is that currently there is an adoption tax credit. And so that adoption tax credit can help many families actually recoup a lot of the cost for their adoption. And a 0% interest loan from someone like ABBA Fund or LifeSong does them as well. That's another great way to help you fund your adoption because you'll also Lord willing, be able to apply for those adoption tax credits, you'll get as much as about twelve dollars to $13,000 back that you can then uh, put against that 0% interest loan. And so if you work your loans within the ten dollars to $13,000 amount, you actually should get most of that money back from the federal government in adoption tax credit. And then, you know, the other th- question that I know, Hannah, you hear, I hear, why in the world does adoption cost so much? You know, Folks are thinking, I, I'm, I'm trying to do a good thing for a child. I have to raise this child after the adoption process. Why is why is fi- why would finances even become a barrier? And you know, there's so many different intricacies of why things cost the way they do. Certainly, if we're talking about international adoption, most of those funds are going to all the different entities that are helping process your adoption. You have to pay USCIS. You have to pay for fingerprinting. Sometimes you have to go to procure your your marriage certificate or or other things. There's, There's money that goes into the government from which you're adopting. There's travel expenses. Uh, and then there comes just the, the home study and the, the expenses to get you ready. And so I know that it can be burdensome uh, and we want to do everything we can to decrease that burden. And even at Lifeline and through our board, we try to keep our fee, our part of those fees as low as we possibly can, Where, which is one of the reasons as a ministry, we're raising money to help not only find scholarships, but help us to keep our expenses as low as possible to make that barrier as low as possible for families. And then of course, domestic adoption, you have the care for a birth mother, for her medical expenses, uh, for the legal expenses that honestly, they do start to add up on that side. Uh, And again, Lifeline is doing everything we can to underwrite our birth mother ministry so that it's pure ministry and helping families as much as possible. One thing in our domestic adoption process is you are, there's one fee. So it doesn't matter how many birth mothers you're matched with. It doesn't matter how many, um, you know, how long you're in the process. There's one fee and that fee stays the same. Again, part of our effort to make the burden a lot less cumbersome for families. Uh, But, you know, what, what other advice, Hannah, would you just give families who are in this process of working to raise this financial support? Because even as we talk about, we're trying to keep it as low, it is still a mountain. It is still a burden. And, and some families even get in the middle of that process. And I know they feel like, I just want to give up. But what is some advice that you would give to these families? 
Sure. And I appreciate you outlining kind of where all of that goes to, because I think sometimes it can feel like, okay, we're, we're paying and we're paying, but where, where is that all ending up? And I would really say just as we try to think through what the cost looks like, it really is a protective barrier for your child to have to go through all those steps to be paying towards all of those things. It's really what allows your child to remain safe and secure. And we know that we're able to serve you with excellence as we're jumping through some of those hoops really doing everything that we can um, to be maintaining those ethics and everything like that. Doing things the right way is often more costly. Um, and so that's something that it may feel like a barrier, but it's really in the best interest of your child and what's allowing your child to come into a safe and loving home. Um, so sometimes it can be easy to get tripped up on those things, but we know that ultimately it is serving a better purpose. Mm. Um, one of the other pieces of advice that I would encourage families is just to be able to take some slower times of the process, you know, as you're waiting um, to receive certain approvals or you've submitted documents and they're being reviewed by other groups. Um, that can be a really great time to think through and reconsider your fundraising strategy. Um, that way you're able to wait well and not just kind of waiting for that email to hit your inbox, but you're really able to press into those slower moments of a process and engage in those so that once your child is home, you're ultimately the most prepared and equipped for caring for them. And that's something that we've been so excited to see our different partner organizations, specifically Life Song for Orphans and Show Hope. They've started extending grants post-adoption, and that's just been an incredible resource for our families, whether that's um, Show Hope's medical care grants or Lifesong for Orphans counseling grants, um, really helping your family in that transition time period be cared for well. Um, that's something that our caseworkers are really passionate about helping you walk through that stage of the process. And so being able to see these other groups continue their service throughout the entire span of the process has been an incredible thing because ultimately post-adoption, that's what it's all for. Not to discount all the work and things that have come before it, but once that child is in your home, we want to help you guys feel equipped and prepared to care for them well. And so this assistance that extends even post-adoption, like you mentioned, the tax credit and these additional grants and loans are things that have really helped our families um, as they're stepping into parenting a child from a difficult place to have that element removed and not have to have those additional distractions or burdens, but they can really care for their child in a way that the Lord has called them to. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, I think the other thing, as you even said, talking about some of these post-adoption loans is also we're seeing a lot of these granting agencies show hope and life song also really try to help with the, the medical needs of children as well. And again, uh, a lot of that goes to, to, the, to the point that we've been making throughout this podcast is it's not for the lack of resources that these granting agencies have. It's for the lack of families that are applying uh, for these grants. And, and certainly they are needs-based, um, but uh, we know that, that a lot of families are in need. And it is, we want you to hear, it is possible to adopt without debt and it is possible to adopt without breaking the bank. Um, there are ways to do that because there are other families. That's the way we love to see how the body of Christ works. There are families who might not be in the place to adopt or families that have adopted and experienced that gift and have a multitude of resources that they want to continue uh, to help others. And you know, even as I think about Show Hope, which probably is the most famous or, or well-known granting organization, it all started with, you know, the Chapmans adopting their children and realizing there were families who couldn't afford the process. 
And uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman will tell you in, in testimony that the next thing he knew, Mary Beth was just writing checks out of their checking account to families. And and he said, we, we can't sustain this and people are going to be lining up for checks. And so they started this organization, Show Hope, really to, to show the hope of adoption to so many more children, but also many more families. Hannah, I, I know, like we said at the beginning, that, that you and Josh worked on this ebook. How can folks find this ebook and what are some other resources or other things that are available that they might learn through this ebook? Sure. So we have a lot of these things that we've discussed outlined in that Fund Your Adoption ebook. We have an entire resources page on our website that lists some of those partner organizations and then additional ones as well. Um, so as you're browsing our website, we have the Fund Your Adoption resources page, and that's a great place just to see what groups you might be able to connect with and what you might be eligible for. Another piece of advice that I would offer is really to apply for as many things as you can, um, whether that's opening up a bunch of tabs and filling out applications all at the same time, but really easing that application fatigue. I would encourage you guys to see and really cast that wide net to really apply for as much as you can, because you may not get approved for everything you apply for. And so really having a diversified approach to your funding is what's going to help bridge those gaps a little bit easier. But the ebook outlines um, those what kind of what looks different in terms of what's a direct grant, what's a matching grant. And then it offers a really helpful timeline of when you should apply for what. Um, I think that's oftentimes really helpful to personalize it to your family circumstances and seeing where you are at in your own adoption journey to think through um, what you could really take advantage of in that time. And I would just say throughout that ebook, what we wanted to share quotes from families that have lived this experience as well, because they oftentimes can give the most encouragement as they witness the way that the Lord provided. Um, and so many times we saw that folks who felt like we just don't know where this money is going to come from time and time again, the community and the body of Christ rallied around them and supported them in an incredible way that you couldn't help but deny that it was the Lord's power. And so the biggest thing that I would say is we're not called to do this alone, whether that's anything that we're supposed to do, but especially as the Lord um, is leading your family into a process. He wants you to be able to feel supported and encouraged and cared for. And so financial assistance is one of those more tangible ways that we see that fulfilled. And so we know every single time that the Lord's power is going to accompany his plan. And so this financial element is one of the really exciting ways and something that I get so excited um, to see families feel supported, whether it's somebody they know in their community or the greater body of Christ in one of these partner organizations, folks they'll never even meet, but will be directly impacted by. And so it's one of the more, like I said, exciting parts of my job and something that I love sharing with families because it's not something that um, folks always know about the opportunities. And so getting to connect them with the resources that would best serve them. This is just one of the extensions of Lifeline's branches of ministry. And so we want to support you throughout the entire journey. Um, and this is certainly an important piece of it. Yeah, and I love uh, this quote that was in the ebook. And, and this family just said, you know, beginning the adoption process can feel extremely daunting but we've been blown away and continually seeing God's amazing provision in the form of community grants and fundraising opportunities. Says we have found the adoption fees. I love the way they say this to be a unique way for us to allow others in our church 
our family and surrounding community to join in this process with us in a tangible way. As people donate towards our adoption journey through their time, prayer, and resources, we are reminded, and this is so important, that we are not alone in this journey. And that's such a that's such a great reminder for families to know, hey, you're not alone, alone in this journey, that the Lord has given us the body of Christ. He's given us others to, to hold up our arms like Aaron and her held up Moses's arms in the wilderness. And, you know, Hannah, I, I think, you know, before we, we close for sure, we talked a little bit about the adoption tax credit. And, you know, for those who complete their adoption, there's a tax credit, and, you know, for 2020 and uh, our, for 2021, it's 14,300. Um, and this isn't a refund, it's a credit. And so it, it, def- it means that it offsets your tax burden and you have five years Uh, that you can roll that forward to decrease your future tax liability. And so that's one of the great things, even as we talked about the 0% interest loans, is you could pay that off over time as you're getting some of this money back uh, from your taxes. And then also many states and territories also offer credits and refunds against state tax liability. Uh, Also, always ask your employer for assistance. Many times employers want to help um, and HR directors many times want to give assistance with adoption fees to help offset some of those fees like they would help a family uh, that, that's, that's, that's having a biological child. And uh, we recommend looking at the Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA, uh, in your state and your company about ways that you can see an employee benefit for adoption. Uh, but then also, you know, families have had some creative ways. I'd love for you to kind of touch on some of those creative ways, t-shirt sales, our friends at Fund the Nations, garage sales. What are some other creative ways that you've seen people, not just direct fundraising, but really using their time, their talents, and their abilities to raise the money necessary for adoption? Sure. Well, you mentioned um, like a garage sale. We've often had a lot of families connect with their neighbors, um, people that live down the street from them and do a community-wide garage sale with those proceeds all together going towards an adoption process. Or even some folks may set up kind of like a babysitting train um, with their Sunday school class. They'll offer to babysit um, for the other families and all those payments that the families are generously making um, as a babysitting fee will go towards the family's adoption process. We often see folks as well do bake sales and really um, that's a great way to encourage and involve children already in your home. Um, We also see things like maybe mowing your neighbor's grass. And so there was one family that um, they had three teenage sons. And so they actually started a lawn mowing and service group um, to be able to the whole the whole point of it was to spend their Saturdays connecting with neighbors and folks close by um, to be able to share about the process their family was entering into and all of the payment that they received for those services was going towards their adoption. Um, and so there's things that people um, can really, whatever it is that they feel passionate about or they feel like their gifting might be, can absolutely be leveraged towards your adoption process. And so you don't have to come up with all new skills or brand new things, um, but just really seeing, okay, Lord, what have you blessed us with so far and how can we give that back to you um, in service of our adoption process. So there are so many different ways, whether that looks like restructuring your budget to to cut out certain things, or if it means adding in new things like a lawn service business um, with your teenage sons or a bake sale with some daughters, whatever that looks like. Um, We love connecting with people. And that's one of my favorite things as I'm talking with families in the process is really helping them think through those things where they might have some margin um, and what it is personal to them that they can use in service of their process. Yeah. And again, looking at another quote that I thought was just a a beautiful reality, but also a way to, to really just even 
as we end this podcast to think about this. They said, raising support is a beautiful picture of the interdependence within the church, blessing both the giver and the recipient. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think a lot of times families, you've got to know that those that are giving are blessed. Uh, I have the opportunity to get to talk to the Chapmans at Show Hope. I have the opportunity to get to talk to the folks at Life Song and Abba Fund and so many of these others. And you would, would just love the way that they are so blessed to be able to help uh, families through the process. It is a blessing to them. It is something that brings great joy to their heart. And so as we end, I want to also remind you, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in the midst of an adoption journey, or you're maybe not at the place where you would even consider an adoption journey, but you want to know how you can defend the fatherless. One of the ways that you can defend the fatherless is give to a family who is called to adopt to help them underwrite this adoption process. And we can always receive support to the Hope Adoption Scholarship Fund. The Hope Adoption Scholarship Fund here at Lifeline continues to help us underwrite uh, the, the adoption process for families to do things like November, where we're giving uh, a, a grant for National Adoption Month to be able to help families throughout their process when they uh, get into a hardship or a burden that they can't overcome, to be able to help them have the resources to be able to, to walk through that burden with confidence and faith to what the Lord is doing on the other side. And so I would just encourage you to, to reach out to those families that are in the process, ask how you can help. And as always, you can connect with us at lifelinechild.org and our Hope Adoption Scholarship Fund to help families in need. Well, Hannah, thanks for, for joining us. Any last words that you want to just encourage families with as we think about funding? Sure. I think that sometimes money can feel like a topic that is uncomfortable to talk about, but as that final quote shared, it really is a blessing for folks to be able to invest in your process. Um, and so that's something that if you do have hesitancies about that, I would love to connect directly and talk about, okay, this is what's available, but this is what might be available to you. And so really personalize it in a way that best serves you. Um, because again, some folks may feel comfortable with certain elements of that. And so I really love being able to help support families and see what it is they might be eligible for. So hopefully this gives some introductory information, but so excited to continue the conversation and talk a little bit more personally about what it can mean for your family as you're entering into such an exciting process. Absolutely. And as always, you can find that ebook online uh, at lifelinechild.org. And as Hannah said as well, our website has a lot more resources for how to fund your adoption and links and ideas. And as always, you can reach out to us at info at lifelinechild.org to either learn more about funding opportunities or to become someone who is helping another family in the process. Uh, as always, go to lifelinechild.org to connect with us to see how you can learn to start defending the fatherless. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.